Section 7 of Grey's Anatomy, Part 4. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by M. L. Cohen. Anatomy of the Human Body, Part 4 by Henry Gray. The Spinal Cord, Part 3. Fasciculi in the lateral funiculus. 1. Descending fasciculi. A. The lateral cerebrospinal fasciculus. Fasciculus cerebrospinus lateralis, cross-pyramidal tract. Extends throughout the entire length of medulla spinalis and, on transverse section, appears as an oval area in front of the posterior column and medial to the cerebellospinal. Its fibers arise from the cells in the motor area of the cerebral hemisphere of the opposite side. They pass downward, in company with that of the anterior cerebrospinal fasciculus, through the same side of the brain as that from which they originate, but they cross to the opposite side in the medulla oblongata and descend in the lateral funiculus of the medulla spinalis. It is probable that the fibers of the anterior and lateral cortical spinal fasciculus are not related in this direct manner with the cells of the anterior column, but terminate by arborizing around the cells at the base of the posterior column and the cells of Clark's column, which in turn link them to the motor cells in the anterior column, usually of several segments of the cord. In consequence of these interposed neurons, the fibers of the cerebrospinal fasciculi correspond not to individual muscles, but to associated groups of muscles. The anterior and lateral cerebrospinal fasciculi constitute the motor fasciculi of the medulla spinalis and have their origins in the motor cells of the cerebral cortex. They descend through the internal capsule of the cerebrum, traverse the cerebral peduncles and pons, and enter the pyramid of the medulla oblongata. In the lower part of the latter, about two-thirds of them cross in the middle line and run downward in the lateral funiculus as the lateral cerebrospinal fasciculus while the remaining fibers do not cross in the middle line, but are continued into the same side in the medulla spinalis, where they form the anterior cerebrospinal fasciculus. The fibers of the latter, however, cross the midline in the anterior white commissure, and thus all the motor fibers from one side of the brain ultimately reach the opposite side of the medulla spinalis. The proportion of fibers which cross in the medulla oblongata is not a constant one and thus the anterior and lateral cerebrospinal fasciculi vary inversely in size. Sometimes the former is absent, and in such cases, it may be presumed that the decussation in the motor fibers in the medulla oblongata has been complete. The fibers in these two fasciculi do not acquire their medullary sheaths until after birth. In some animals, the motor fibers are situated in the posterior funiculus. B. The rubrospinal fasciculus, Monaco pre-pyramidal tract, lies on the ventral aspect of the lateral cerebrospinal fasciculus and, on transverse section, appears at a somewhat triangular area. Its fibers descend from the midbrain, where they have their origin in the red nucleus of the tegmentum of the opposite side. Its terminals and collaterals end either directly or indirectly in relationship with the motor cells of the anterior column. The rubrospinal fasciculus is supposed to be concerned with cerebellar reflexes since its afferent fibers, which pass through the superior cerebellar peduncle, send many collaterals and terminals to the red nucleus. C. The olivospinal fasciculus, Helwig, arises in the vicinity of the inferior olivary nucleus in the medulla oblongata 
and is seen only in the cervical region of the medulla spinalis, where it forms a small triangular area at the periphery, close to the most lateral of the anterior nerve roots. Its exact origin and its mode of ending have not yet been definitely made out. 2. Ascending fasciculi A. The dorsospinal cerebellar fasciculus Fasciculus cerebellospinalis, direct cerebellar tract of Fleischig, is situated at the periphery of the posterior part of the lateral funiculus, and on transverse section appears as a flattened band reaching as far forward as a line drawn transversely through the central canal. Medially, it is in contact with the lateral cerebrospinal fasciculus, behind with the fasciculus of Lissauer. It begins about the level of the second or third lumbar nerve, and increasing in size as it ascends, passes to the vermis of the cerebellum through the inferior peduncle. Its fibers are generally regarded as being formed by the axons of the cells of the dorsal nucleus, Clark's column. They receive their medullary seeds about the sixth or seventh month of fetal life. Its fibers are supposed to conduct impulses of unconscious muscle sense. The superficial anterior lateral fasciculus, tract of Gowers, consists of four fasciculi, the ventral spinocerebellar, the lateral spinothalamic, the spinotectal, and the ventral spinothalamic. B. The ventral spinocerebellar fasciculus, Gowers, skirts the periphery of the lateral funiculus in front of the dorsal spinocerebellar fasciculus. In transverse section, it is shaped somewhat like a comma, the expanded end of which lies in front of the dorsal spinocerebellar fasciculus while the tail reaches forward into the anterior funiculus. Its fibers come from the same but mostly from the opposite side of the medulla spinalis and cross both in the anterior white commissure and in the gray commissure. They are probably derived from the cells of the dorsal nucleus and from other cells in the posterior column and the intermediate portion of the gray matter. The ventral spinocerebellar fasciculus begins about the level of the third pair of lumbar nerves and can be followed into the medulla oblongata and pons almost to the level of the inferior colliculus, where it crosses over the superior peduncle and then passes backward along its medial border to reach the vermis of the cerebellum. In the pons, it lies along the lateral edge of the lateral lemniscus. Some of its fibers join the dorsospinocerebellar fasciculus at the level of the inferior peduncle and pass with them into the cerebellum. Other fibers are said to continue upward in the dorsolateral part of the tegmentum of the midbrain, probably as far as the thalamus. C. The lateral spinothalamic fasciculus is supposed to come from cells in the dorsal column and the intermediate gray matter whose axons cross in the anterior commissure to the opposite lateral funiculus where they pass upward on the medial side of the ventral spinocerebellar fasciculus. On reaching the medulla oblongata, they continue in the formatio reticularis near the median fillet and probably terminate in the ventrolateral region of the thalamus. It is supposed to conduct impulses of pain and temperature. The lateral and ventral spinothalamic fasciculi are sometimes termed the secondary sensory fasciculus or spinolemniscus. D. The spinotectal fasciculus is supposed to arise in the dorsal column and terminate in the possibly inferior and superior colliculi. It is situated ventral to the lateral spinothalamic fasciculus, but its fibers are more or less intermingled with it. It is also known as the spinoquadrigeminal system of Mott. In the brainstem, the fibers run lateral from the inferior olive 
ventrolateral from the superior olives, then ventromedial from the spinal tract of the trigeminal. The fibers come to lie in the medial portion of the lateral lemniscus. E. The fasciculus of Lissauer is a small strand situated in relation to the tip of the posterior column close to the entrance of the posterior nerve roots. It consists of fine fibers which do not receive their medullary sheaths until towards the close of fetal life. It is usually regarded as being formed by some of the fibers of the posterior nerve roots, which ascend for a short distance in the tract and then enter the posterior column. But since its fibers are myelinated later than those of the posterior nerve roots and do not undergo degeneration in locomotor ataxia, they are probably intersegmental in character. In addition, the fasciculus or tract of Lissauer contains great numbers of fine, non-medulated fibers derived mostly from the dorsal roots, but partly endogenous in origin. These fibers are intimately related to the substantia gelatinosa, which is probably the terminal nucleus. The non-medulated fibers ascend or descend for short distances not exceeding one or two segments, but most of them enter the substantia gelatinosa at or near the level of their origin. Ransom suggests that these non-medulated fibers and the substantia gelatinosa are concerned with the reflexes associated with pain impulses. F. The lateral proper fasciculus, fasciculus lateralis proprius, lateral basis bundle, constitutes the remainder of the lateral column and is continuous in front with the anterior proper fasciculus. It consists chiefly of intersegmental fibers which arise from cells in the gray substance and, after a longer or shorter course, re-enter the gray substance and ramify in it. Some of its fibers are, however, continued upward into the brain under the name of the medial longitudinal fasciculus. Fasciculi in the posterior funiculus. This funiculus comprises two main fasciculi, that is, the fasciculus gracilis and the fasciculus cuneatus. These are separated from each other in the cervical and upper thoracic regions by the posterior intermediate septum and consist mostly of ascending fibers derived from posterior nerve roots. The fasciculus gracilis, tract of gall, is wedge-shaped on transverse section and lies next to the posterior median septum, its base being at the surface of the medulla spinalis and its apex directed towards the posterior gray commissure. It increases in size from below upward and consists of long, thin fibers which are derived from the posterior nerve roots and ascend as far as the medulla oblongata, where they end in the nucleus gracilis. The fasciculus cuneatus, tract of burdach, is a triangular on transverse section and lies between the fasciculus gracilis and the posterior column, its base corresponding with the surface of the medulla spinalis. Its fibers, larger than those of the fasciculus gracilis, are mostly derived from the same source, that is the posterior nerve roots. Some may send only for a short distance in the tract and, entering the gray matter, come in close relationship with the cells of the dorsal nucleus, while others can be traced as far as the medulla oblongata where they end in the gracil and cuneate nuclei. The fasciculus gracilis and fasciculus cuneatus conduct, one, impulses of conscious muscle sense, neurons of the second order from the nucleus gracilis and nucleus cuneatus pass in the median lumniscus to the thalamus and neurons of the third order from the thalamus to the cerebral cortex. Two, impulses of unconscious muscle sense via neurons of the second order from the nucleus gracilis and nucleus cuneatus 
pass in the internal and external arcuate fibers in the medulla oblongata to the inferior peduncle and through it to the cerebellum. Three, impulses of tactile discrimination via neurons of the second order from the nucleus cuneatus and nucleus gracilis pass in the median lemniscus to the thalamus. Neurons of the third order pass from the thalamus to the cortex. The posterior proper fasciculus, posterior grand bundle, posterior basis bundle, arises from cells in the posterior column. Their axons bifurcate into ascending and descending branches, which occupy the ventral part of the funiculus close to the gray column. They are intersegmental and run for varying distances, sending off collaterals and terminals to the gray matter. Some descending fibers occupy different parts at different levels. In the cervical and upper thoracic regions, they appear as a comma-shaped fasciculus in the lateral part of the fasciculus cuneatus, the blunt end of the comma being directed towards the posterior gray commissure. In the lower thoracic region, they form a dorsal peripheral band on the posterior surface of the funiculus. In the lumbar region, they are situated by the side of the posterior median septum and appear on section as a semi-elliptical bundle, which together with the corresponding bundle of the opposite side, forms the oval area of Fleischig, while in the conus medullaris, they assume the form of a triangular strand in the posterior medial part of the fasciculus gracilis. These descending fibers are mainly intersegmental in character and derived from the cells in the posterior columns, but some consist of the descending branches of posterior nerve roots. The comma-shaped fasciculus was supposed to belong to the second category, but against this view is the fact that it does not undergo descending degeneration when the posterior nerve roots are destroyed. As already stated, each spinal nerve possesses two roots, an anterior and a posterior, which are attached to the surface of the medulla spinalis opposite the corresponding column of gray substance. Their fibers become medullated about the fifth month of fetal life. The anterior nerve root, radix anterior, consists of efferent fibers, which are the axons of the nerve cells in the ventral portion of the anterior and lateral columns. A short distance from their origins, these axons are invested by medullary seeds and, passing forward, emerge in two or three irregular rows over an area which measures about three millimeters in width. The posterior root, radix posterior, comprises some six or eight fasciculi, attached in linear series along the posterior lateral sulcus. It consists of afferent fibers which arise from the nerve cells in a spinal ganglion. Each ganglion cell gives off a single fiber which divides in a T-shaped manner into two processes, medial and lateral. The lateral processes extend to the sensory end organs of the skin, muscle, tendons, joints, etc., somatic receptors, and to the sensory end organs of the viscera, visceral receptors. The medial processes of the ganglion cells grow into the medulla spinalis as the posterior roots of the spinal nerves. The posterior nerve root enters the medulla spinalis in three chief bundles, medial, intermediate, and lateral. The medial strand passes directly into fasciculus cuneatus. It consists of coarse fibers, which acquire their medullary sieves about the fifth month of intrauterine life. The intermediate strand consists of coarse fibers which enter the gelatinous substance of Rolando. The lateral is composed of fine fibers, which assume a longitudinal direction in the tract of Lissauer and do not acquire their medullary sieves until after birth. In addition to these medullated fibers, there are great numbers of non-medullated fibers which enter with the lateral bundle. 
They are more numerous than the myelinated fibers. They arise from the small cells of the spinal ganglia by T-shaped axons similar to the myelinated. They are distributed with the peripheral nerves chiefly to the skin and only a few are found in the nerves to the muscles. Having entered the medulla spinalis, all the fibers of the posterior nerve roots divide to ascending and descending branches and these in their turn give off collaterals which enter the gray substance. The descending fibers are short and soon enter the gray substance. The ascending fibers are grouped into long, short, and intermediate. The long fibers ascend in the fasciculus cuneatus and fasciculus gracilis as far as the medulla oblongata, where they end by arborizing around cells of the cuneate and gracil nuclei. The short fibers run upward for a distance of only 5 or 6 millimeters and enter the gray substance, while the intermediate fibers, after a somewhat longer course, have a similar destination. All fibers entering the gray substance end by arborizing around its nerve cells or the dendrites of cells, those of intermediate length being especially associated with the cells of the dorsal nucleus. The long fibers of the posterior nerve roots pursue an oblique course upward, being situated at first in the lateral part of the fasciculus cuneatus. Higher up, they occupy the middle of this fasciculus, having been displaced by the accession of other entering fibers. While still higher, they ascend in the fasciculus gracilis. The upper cervical fibers do not reach this fasciculus, but are entirely confined to fasciculus cuneatus. The localization of these fibers is very precise. The sacral nerves lie in the medial part of the fasciculus gracilis and near its periphery, the lumbar nerves lateral to them, the thoracic nerves still more laterally, while the cervical nerves are confined to the fasciculus cuneatus. End of section 7